Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got the one, the only David Cooper. David, you are an executive coach uh, and you uh, are the CEO and founder of David Cooper Consulting. Now, you're found on the web at David Cooper Consulting, but it, lest we think that we're talking about the uh, the British variation of the last name Cooper, it's actually Scottish. And so <laughs> Cooper is spelled C-O-U-P-E-R. So David Cooper with a U, consulting.com. David, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. It's great to be here. So have you, have you actually looked back at, so I, I don't know if you talked with Elisa, who is our kind of our director of operations shows she's really into uh, genealogy and she's pretty hardcore Scottish. Did oh, really? Okay, great. To connect. Yeah, no, I, I can, one side I can go back to 1720 and then the other side, not so far. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. Nice. Where did, uh, so you uh, were originally living in, were you in the UK then? Um, so I was in the, I've been in the States 25 years. I used to live in London before that. And then okay. I moved to Chicago and then to Los Angeles. Yeah. What brought you to Chicago? Uh, I work for Accenture, the consulting firm. So mm-hmm. just kind of a random thing. There was a recession going on and no work. I was freelance and I get a phone call saying, would you like to work on this project for three weeks in Chicago? So it took me like two seconds to decide, yes, I would like to do that. And I would like to pay my mortgage. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, so then that three weeks became six weeks, became six months, became four years. And, and then I moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. So for the past 20 years, so you've worked primarily with healthcare professionals, uh, leaders, organizations on culture transformation, executive and leadership development, change mm-hmm. management, and, and also, and boy, what a, what a time to be doing what you do, uh, overwhelm and building resilience right. uh, in systems. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I can't imagine how many people are leaning on your wisdom and experience or things that you've taught them in the past right now. Right, yeah, so it, it's really tough for anybody who's in the front line physician-wise, but what people maybe don't always realize is that not every physician, not every caregiver is crazy busy dealing with what's going on. If you're a surgeon, you might actually be at home just doing consults by telemedicine. So kind of different issues going on, but certainly resilience and how you deal with that, how you deal with that unexpected change. You know, nobody could have predicted this was going to happen at all, right? Right. Yeah. What do you do? Organ- what's going on organizationally within healthcare systems and hospitals and maybe even like smaller healthcare offices? I mean, I know I mean, it's just so disparate, right? Some are, yeah. it's just kind of, systems are just all over the place. Right. And so do you think that, let me ask you this, do you think that a majority or maybe it's not that many people had a model for this or did they? I don't think anybody had a model for this. But all the bigger organizations will have a plan for crisis, but 
this is so unique that I don't think anybody had a plan. So we work with Kaiser Permanente a lot, mm-hmm. and I think they're, you know, they're a great system, and they obviously had things in place, but they're still scrambling uh, because everybody is scrambling because the the speed that the the, the speed of this happening and the impact of it is just so severe. So, as yeah. you work with leaders uh, in an essential industry, mm-hmm. can you maybe just take us through a a quick little uh, like if you were to offer like a kind of a five minute executive summary, three to five minute executive summary of like best practices for uh, leadership in moments of crisis like what what are some of the uh you know kind of the tenets of of what you sure. want to get across yeah sure and and so you know, we work a lot with healthcare we also work with other industries we work lax as a client and um, we work with entertainment companies so we, we work with other companies too but we probably about 80 percent is healthcare so i think the first thing is look after yourself it's that kind of old thing about put your mm. oxygen mask on before you put your kids' ones on. So it's easy to just keep working, keep working, and not get rest, not take time off, and then you're not really at your peak performance. And then you have to be able to manage your emotions, so it's emotional intelligence. If you're, if you're getting upset, uh, and lots of physicians and caregivers are because they don't know how to – they don't know what to do. They're swamped. They don't have protective equipment, you know – administration is trying to meet their needs but not necessarily doing that so you really have to have to manage your own emotions because if not it comes out in, in anger you know mm. things like that so I'm, I'm hearing some people that their stress level is very high so those are a couple of things you really um to think about and then the other thing is communication 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 and right now i think people are so busy they don't want to do that but you've got to keep talking to people how are you doing what's going on uh explaining things this is why we can't do this because i think there's a lot of frustration and one of my clients with a big system said all the rules have been thrown out the window so that was kind of an interesting comment you know everything the all the things we used to do have changed and all the policies and procedures are kind of up in the air now and that kind of keeps everybody safe by having this framework so it's interesting it's an interesting and terrible time to be in this is applicable for all leaders, right. but let's say that organizationally you're dealing with something very stressful. Mm-hmm. Say, for example, cash flow. <laughs> oh, <that laughs> absolutely. <one. Yeah. laughs> I, oh man, I listen. I just want and, and let me just let you know that if there are other business owners out there and you're struggling with cash flow right now, you are not alone. Mm-hmm. It's you know, anytime you have movement up or down, down or up. And I say up and most people are like, what? How can you have cash flow issues when you're moving up? Oh, trust me, you will. <laughs> yeah. If you haven't experienced yeah. it already. Um, so let's say, uh, let's say, uh, let's see, a CEO founder is dealing with a major, major stressor. They're worried about how they're going to take care of payroll and all these other issues. And their stress level is at a nine. Mm-hmm. How do we compartmentalize in a way where we can still communicate with our teams and not, you know, let the impact of that stress, you know, uh, damage those relationships or, you know, just be very inefficient or ineffective. Right. So I think 
your cash flow is a big problem. Certainly, I'm looking at that right now. And I understand what you mean about when it goes up, because my business went from six figures to seven figures. And so suddenly I had huge costs and yeah. you know, managing that yeah. is, is interesting. But I think the, the main thing is uh, I wouldn't necessarily co- say comp- keeping things separate, but uh, I think the, the important thing is to be accepting this is what it is and not judging yourself, not saying I should have, you know, I'm so stupid. Why did I do that? And do, you know, kind of getting pissed off with you, pissed off and blaming and, there's a lot of shame and guilt about not being able to do the things you want to do. All that's kind of normal and human, but it stops you coming up with creative solutions. Yeah. So if you can say, yeah, this is all happening. Maybe I did some stuff in the past was not smart, but I am where I am. Now let's take a deep breath and let's look at what are some ways we could move forward. What are some mm-hmm. solutions? What are some different things we haven't thought of before? So I see, it's interesting. I see people doing a couple of things. One is like doing nothing, just watching lots of TV and eating too much and drinking too much. That's okay. If that's not the way you get through things or they're coming up with, Oh, I used to have a restaurant, uh, but I, I could create a cookbook. So I have a friend who's a great chef, has a number of restaurants. She's done a little cookbook. She's just putting that out, making a little money. Uh, people coming up with ways to pivot to different industries, to do different yeah. things. We're offering, uh, coaching at a very reduced price or free for some of our clients mm-hmm. just that we want to be of service to you and we don't expect anything back, but we know that you're struggling. So we'll have a hospital up in the Northwest who's going to be just saying to their physicians, you know, if you want, want a quick check-in, just get some support. Here you go. So yeah. I think if, if you, but if you're in fear, it's really hard to come up with anything creative. So it's yeah. just taking that deep breath and saying, yeah, it is what it is. I haven't done anything wrong is and it's going to be whatever it's going to be it's, i can't say it's going to be all good because who knows but yeah yeah, yeah. you know I, I what is your advice then uh for communicating with your customers or consumers or you know your audience that you know you'd love to be doing more business but it's mm-hmm. you know maybe a majority of your audience is kind of feeling the pinch and mm-hmm. so they're not participating as readily what do you do yeah so what we've been doing, and I know this is the best or not, you probably know more about this than me, Josh, but uh, um, what we've been doing is just reaching out to people. Are you okay? How's it going? Mm-hmm. Because especially people on the front line are, are scared about uh, being contracting the illness. So we've been asking how you're doing. Is there any way we can help you? And then we've been offering things which are free or very heavily reduced to so that we're mindful and not doing kind of a heavy pushing sales, but we don't do that anyway, but uh, really just saying, how are you doing? And can we be of service? And what's interesting, some of my clients have come back and said, thank you so much for that. So that to me, that works. And then we'll just see where it goes. And we still have, we have clients even in healthcare doing new business with us. So that was interesting. My assumption was that nobody would want to do anything in hospitals because they're too busy. Mm-hmm. And we're actually working with a couple of hospitals right now. It's new business since since the epidemic has happened. Yeah. Uh, so, David, how did you? Um, I mean, obviously, you do a lot of consulting now. Uh, how did you go from working in a corporate environment? Uh, and this was back in '97 um, when you started going independent. Uh, how did you make that transition? And uh, how have you grown your practice into a seven-figure? 
um, organization. Yeah. Uh, well, getting laid off helps. That's that was, <laughs> <laughs> that was how that that's That's nothing like a, a nice shove into the deep end of the pool. Yeah, that's right. Sink so, or swim, buddy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I would like to say it was all strategic, but it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, so I got laid off from a job. Uh, it was kind of funny. I thought my boss was going to say how great I was doing on this project. And instead he was reading from a piece of paper. His hands were shaking. Oh. Like, we don't have to lay off people because there's oh, no. no money. And it's, but it was, it was a great gift because I ended up going freelance and ended yeah. up doing cool projects. And uh, for me, my business grew when I started taking a risk and when I started uh, hiding out, uh, stop stopped hiding out in kind of my some of my fears because yeah. I'm English I like to be nice and don't be too pushy and things like that which is stupid because it's much better to be of service this is what I have to offer if you're interested that's great if you're not interested that's okay too so I really changed my perspective about uh, uh eight years ago when when I had a personal tragedy and that really made me say hey wake up time yeah. is limited and go for it and so then I, I, I do have a strategic plan. We, we focus on healthcare, get to know that. But then yeah. I also like serendipity. I like coincidences because you just never know what's going to happen. And just being open to, oh, wow, this is just showing up over here. Yeah. Are there any unique uh, traits amongst executives in the healthcare industry than, say, like manufacturing or you know, technology or something that uh, maybe it's special considerations or maybe it's just personality that yeah. you see as like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see, I see a trend here and it's really yeah. interesting. I'm curious. Yeah. Well, I think um, yeah, every industry says they're unique, but I really think healthcare is unique Yes, and you have a lot of very smart people. And if you, you have a lot of leaders who are physicians and then they tend to be, um, very smart people, but they're used to being right about things because they have to be right in a yeah. certain situation when they're giving advice or treating patients. So that can kind of sometimes get in their way. And then the administration and physicians, you know, sometimes have a have a battle about, you know, caring for the patient. Everybody wants to care for the patient, but then how do you do that economically, efficiently, making sure your margins are okay? So I think there are some differences. But what I love about it is that, 99% of the people I meet, they really care about the people they're treating. They care about the patient. They want to do a good thing. Whereas, you know, I've worked with a fast food manufacturer, fast food chain, I won't mention which one, mm -hmm. but, you know, they're not saving lives. Nobody's <laughs> 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 lives being saved by that. It's great business, but healthcare, yeah. that's really happening. Yeah, that's terrific. Mm -hmm. um, well, well, great. So uh, in terms of, uh, let's say, a leader... Can you tell, tell, maybe share a couple of other ideas on, uh, you know, you, you said suggested maybe just checking in on your customers or potential customers. Um, you do this personally as well, not just, you know, sending email blocks. I got to tell you, uh, I think it's a huge missed opportunity uh, for companies that are just showing their concern by sending email blasts and, stale, static, we care messages without really connecting and, mm -hmm. and, and on, on an individual basis. Now, you know, again, your consumer product, you do what you can do uh, if you've got massive numbers and stuff. But, um, you know, how amazing would that be, uh, you know, if, 
you know, the founder of a company or CEO of a company said, no, this is really me. You, you, you use our product or our service. And I, you know, I just wanted to reach out to 10 people today personally, just to check in and see how you're doing. Like, could you yeah. imagine yeah. the impact that that yeah. would make for those 10 to 20 people? And you can, you can systematize this stuff. It's mm-hmm. not going to take you, but, but if you don't block it off and, and don't do it, I think it's a huge missed opportunity right now. Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's showing that you care and that you, you think of them more than a customer. So for sure. And the same um, thing for employees as well. Like if oh, you're yeah, the CEO, sure oh my gosh. Yeah. And I think with the thing with employees is that they're scared about catching the illness. They're scared, yes. scared about that. They're, they're scared for their jobs. And even if they're, we work with a pharmaceutical company, which is doing okay, um, you don't know what their partners or their roommates or their family are up to. So mm-hmm. they may be fine economically. Yeah. They're working at home. It's maybe even, you know, it's a technology company. It's kind of the same as business as, no, as usual. But you don't know maybe their wife or their spouse or their boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever is, is in some industry and they've just lost their job. You know, I, I read somebody who was working in a call center and he just got laid off and you know, he got laid off before and he's just like devastated and doesn't know where the next job's going to come from. So yeah. you're know, checking in with your team to make sure that they're okay. I think it's really important and it's kind of good for the bottom line because if you don't, they're going to not be productive. They're going to, uh, yeah, all those sorts of things. Uh, anything else that uh, a leader who has the tendency to like, I have to catch myself all the time. And, uh, you know, and just saying if, because if I have an idea, I have, I do have a point of view as a CEO and the founder of a company. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, ha- I, I mean, I know I don't have to be right. And in fact, I would love if someone could poke holes in my idea or theory. And sometimes that takes, you know, you got to take your ego and put it on a shelf. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's the goal to get to that point. Um, How else can someone who's a leader, um, just specifically because you mentioned it from, uh, you know, healthcare leaders, um, that they're used to being right. And, uh, you know, if they're the, uh, uh, you know, they're, you know, they have that background. Um, What are some, what are some ways that we can kind of catch ourselves from letting our ego get in the way uh, of effective leadership? Right. So I was coaching somebody yesterday and I think slowing down, slowing down and listening and listening not only for what they're saying, but what they're not saying and um, not going in with preconceived ideas. So I think from what you're saying about, you know, you have an idea and you like people to poke holes in it. I, I kind of have this idea that I'm going to be throwing a party and I want the party to be in the evening and I love Chinese food, but I don't like Japanese food. And apart from that, you know, you kind of go for it. So I want my team to really be taking that and running with that and being creative. So they're going to come up with some things that maybe I don't like, but we can fine tune that. But as long as I've given them the parameters to work within, then I think people can be really creative. And especially right now, I mean, what's, what's great about this time is people can do things that they don't normally do. And that's what's in healthcare is happening a little bit that, that people are, you know, breaking some rules and doing things which they didn't normally do in policy. And I think leaders can do that too in, in other industries. Yeah. Um, so David, um, for folks listening to our program, um, what would be a great resource that maybe you could offer them or someplace that they could kind of go and see the work that you're doing? Uh, you know, if there's something where someone can get some immediate value, um, where, 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 where can we send them? 
um, if you, if you go to my website and then uh, just contact us, you know, we're happy to give a complimentary coaching session for a leader, just how you deal with whatever is going on, how you keep your people calm in chaos, how you work through uh, stress, how you're resilient. We're happy to do half an hour free coaching with me or with one of my coaches. So if you just go to my website and then just yeah. the contact information there and we'll get back to you or through LinkedIn. Happy to join you on LinkedIn. You know, I, I got to tell you that, you know, someone was listening to our conversation. When you hear an offer like that, um, please jump on things like that. I could just, you know, it's, you, let me ask you, can I ask your opinion, David, you, you genuinely do want people to ask for that and you're willing to help them. And you know, if it turns into a, a partnership or doing business together, cool, but it doesn't have to, right? No, it's not about, it's, it's not about that. That would be great. Yeah, sure. But I coached, uh, I coached one of my best clients for a year for, for free because he was going through a bunch of stuff and he really needed me at that time. And I was willing I wanted to help him out. Yeah. So I help out some people and it becomes business and sometimes it doesn't. It's just kind of whatever works. And people you know, are really hurting and I'm lucky because I'm yes. I'm doing I'm doing okay. Yeah. Uh, which is better than a lot of people. So Right. Yeah. You know, I think tragedies like this and here is kind of one final thought and I'd love your perspective mm-hmm. as we kind of close out. Um tragedies like this or big events like this, I think reveal people quite a yeah. bit. And yeah. and I think you see um, you know, leaders are, are either going to rise to the occasion, they're going to start getting real sloppy, uh, or or worse, right? And uh, any any thoughts on that? No, I I definitely agree. So you know, I had a tragedy eight years ago. My partner died, and I was left with my son to bring up by myself. Mm. And uh, and the main problem was I had hundred. 100% of the bills and 50% of the income. That doesn't work out that well. Yeah. Uh, but that really made me think about what do I want in life? And I stopped doing some of the things which didn't work for me. And I started doing the things which do work for me. But mm. I really agree that I think you have the opportunity to be your better self or to be your worst self. And it's kind of a choice. And it's a fearful place. And I get that it's scary and you don't know how you don't have to do payroll. I've been there. I know how that goes. But being in fear doesn't help you come up with a creative solution. And this can be an opportunity to be a bigger, bigger version of yourself, really to step up. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I congratulate you on what you're doing and how much you're giving away. That's amazingly yeah. generous. And I think that's the right thing to do. It, it is. Uh, you know, there's, there's times to you know, market and sell. And then there's other times like, this is not the time to be tricky with people. This is the time to be benevolent, in my opinion. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's only through our combined generosity uh, can, can I think we rise from this. Some mm-hmm. people, you know, and, and it's just, it's unfortunate. It's like a tor- almost like a tornado. You know, tornadoes come through and some houses go untouched and others yeah. devastation. Yeah. And so this is, you know, this, you know, coronavirus is kind of like the tornado that's yeah. impacting the global economy. And some people are devastated. Other people are like, you know, uh, but now if, if you, uh, again, David, I appreciate, you know, your contribution. And again, if you're doing okay or better, please, please, please find a way to be generous. Um, now is the time to do that. And uh, so David, I appreciate your offer and, and I really appreciate your wisdom as well. Uh, it's a great conversation. Thank you so much again. Uh, so David Cooper, again, CEO and founder of David Cooper Consulting. And again, that's 
Cooper, David Cooper, C-O-U-P-E-R uh, on the web, davidcooperconsulting.com. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us, David. Thanks, Josh. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.